We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Raptors Asian podcast. I'm your host, Sean Davis, joined as always by Luca Rosano. Luca, excited to be kicking this back off with you, man. We got a lot of stuff to talk about. Thanks for hopping back on with me. My pleasure, man. It's always great to be on this pod talking raps. We got a lot to talk about, like you just said. The preseason is underway. We got uh, one preseason game left. Um, and then it's time for the real thing. It's time to see this Raptors team in action. They will be back in action. Wednesday next Wednesday as they take on the Cleveland Cavaliers but no it's been good watching basketball in general man I know it's only the preseason but I've been watching a lot of ball Raptors other NBA teams been able to see your Lakers a little bit as well it's been good to see these teams back engaged but I think I speak for a lot of people when I say I'm sick of the preseason let's get on to the real thing so uh yeah next weekend comes soon soon enough yeah no I mean I'm in complete agreement there bro like it's, it's been fun. It's been fun to get some preseason action, but no, nah, screw it, man. We only got, what, seven days left, though? A uh, week from the time of this recording is yeah. opening night. So, Well, six days, yeah. The opening night's on Tuesday, and then, yeah, Wednesday will be when everybody plays. So it'll be good, man. But, yeah, the Raptors, I mean, let's get into their preseason stuff, Sean. I mean, you look at how they've uh, fared. Uh, they started things off really well uh, against the uh, rebuilding jazz, took care of business against them. Then they took on the Celtics. That was one of the most fun preseason games I've ever seen. The Raptors, it looked like they were dead in the water. Their bench guys come in, they erase a huge deficit, bring it to OT against the Celtics and beat the Celtics. That was must-see TV. Uh, but yeah. then a couple of disappointing efforts in their last two. So they lost to the Rockets. Uh, they had a 16-point lead, I believe, in that one and blew it. And then they lost to the Bulls, in which they had a 17-point lead. So coming off of these two losses, I mean, yeah, there's a whole lot we could get to. But I, I guess I'll start with one of your takeaways from what you've seen from this team over the last four preseason games. I don't want to do too much overlapping, but I think the biggest one, and this is something you, I know you agree with the, as well, Luca, um, the Raptors three-point shooting woes are concerning, but I do think there's also a bit of it's preseason. But yeah. I mean, when you've only hit more than 10 threes once, and that was in, I believe, the Boston game, if I'm not mistaken, or it was one of the two wins. I know that, right? Um, but you've only combined, you shot... You only made what I think you shot seven. I'm trying to find the stats. 
you shot like seven for 36 or something ridiculous like yeah, that. Yeah, they went seven, it was seven for 32, six for 34, and eight for 37. So that didn't include, that does include the Boston game. Like those are their last three games, which is just horrendous yeah. from downtown. Yeah. And then like these are also coming from the guys that you, really need to be knocking down these shots. Like you look at the the Bulls game where you shoot eight for 37. OG, 0 for 3 from three-point range. Uh, pressure to chew up. Granted, I mean, I'm not going to put too much stock, but 1 for 4, right? Um, Delano Banton, 0 for 2. Uh, Josh Jackson, 0 for 3. Fred Van Bleet, 3 for 12. So, like, I, don't, I, I think there is some things to be concerned about, especially with the shooting, but... I don't know how you feel about this, Luca. I do think part of it is it's preseason, and it can't be this bad by the time the regular season starts. I hope you're right because I'm a little bit concerned. I, I got to say, I know it's the preseason, but this is giving me like flashbacks to some of the shooting woes this team had last season. When they take on yeah. a team, they can't hit a damn three, and then all of a sudden either their big lead gets erased or they fall back to a point where they can't complete a comeback and they lose that game. I mean – Looking at these shooting performances, aside from that Jazz game, yeah, they've been really, really bad. And you hope you give this team the benefit of the doubt, they shake off the cobwebs, get ready to go for the regular season. But I don't want this team to be in a shooting wall going into the regular season when your first seven games are against legitimate teams. And we talked about this before, about their schedule being tough out of the gate. Raptors got to be ready to go. They got to be hitting their shots. And uh, Otto Porter Jr. has missed some time with an injury. You hope when he gets back into the flow of things, he can spark the three-point shooting on this team because that's what he was brought in to do. But, uh, yeah, it it is a bit concerning, Sean. I'm not going to lie. I mean, you look at some of the things that the Raptors needed to work on or lacked in uh, going into this season. Uh, They needed a a consistent bench, which I think we're going to have this season. I really like what the Raptors bench has shown us. Uh, poor rim protection, but you look at a seven foot one Christian Coloco, he has looked promising. Um, and then the other thing was uh, bad perimeter shooting. Was this team going to address that? Was this team going to, uh, you know, do a lot better in that category going into this season? And, and so far, the preseason has shown us otherwise. But yeah, you hope it's just the preseason and, and that's it. But uh, it would make me feel a lot better if the Raptors can shoot better from three in their final preseason game against the Celtics because some of these shooting performances and I mean just terrible and, and you look at like some of the guys who are taking these threes like you know Gabe Brown has been hitting a lot of these threes so there, there's no guarantees that he's even going to be on this roster yeah, he's going into the season. so like he uh it hasn't been good from three and uh, you just hope guys like Gary Trent Jr. OG who has struggled right. from three uh Otto Porter Jr. when he comes back from injury you hope these are the guys that can you know hit their three-point shot Fred Van Bleed, obviously so, yeah, man, I hope uh, it turns out good for this team in terms of three-point shooting. Yeah, and I guess that's another thing that we'll, like, be optimistic about. They're quote-unquote shooters, like, Scotty, not Scotty, Gary's a 38% three-point shooter. I don't think he's, like, this bad from three. Going back to, uh, I believe, the Rockets game, right? He went uh, 0 for 3 from deep, right? Or really, it's basically everybody, like, OG, 0 for 5 from 3. Scotty 0 for 2 from 3. Pascal 1 for 6. Like, those are all, like, at minimum, right? Probably, what, average NBA to really good three-point shooters. So probably, like, Gary being, like, the really good three-point shooter. So I I think that is, like, one thing to be optimistic about. Like, I don't think 
and this is just based off their track record. Gary's not this bad of a shooter. Yeah. Pascal is not this bad of a shooter. OG, like, yeah. Hopefully it's just uh them shake out the cobwebs and they come out opening night against the Cavs. Is that for, I always forget Luke. Is that game in Toronto? Is that in Cleveland? Yeah, no, it's in Toronto. That's their home opener. There yeah. we go. Heck yeah. Yeah, um, I mean it, it can't get worse than that, right? And yeah, a good point. At least they're shooting this horrendously when it doesn't matter. So if yeah. they are able to turn it around just in time for the regular season, that would be gravy. Yeah, really, really quickly, man. I, I I almost forgot for a second how much of a gauntlet the first seven games are. If you guys don't remember, the first seven games are Cleveland, Brooklyn, Miami, Miami, Philly, Philly, Atlanta. It's tough, man. Those are all playoff uh, caliber teams. Yeah, I, I don't think Atlanta's that good, but like those first six games for sure are tough ones in I think me and Luke can disagree about the Atlanta thing. We've talked about that in the past, so yeah, yeah, we're talking about um, that in the past. Um, another another takeaway I want to bring up to the forefront here: OG and Obi. And I want to get your take on this. What's funny? I was watching the Rockets game preseason game at a bar with a friend, and uh, he basically said, "Luke, I, I don't think OG's going to get any better. I think this is it for him. I, I think he's hit his ceiling." And I want to bring up OG here because we've seen in these preseason games he's looked like his old self defensively, we know what we're going to get from him there, but offensively. And again, I know it's only just the preseason. I'm probably going to say that like a million times before this podcast ends, but yeah, one of 11 from three point range in his first four preseason games, you look at OG as a guy who needs to step up offensively for this team, especially when it comes to hitting that three ball, his defense, excellent. Again, you know, it's going to be there. But when it comes to his offense, we have seen him be inconsistent with that. Sean, are you high on OG going into this season? Do you think he can hit another stride when it comes to his offense? Because this Raptors team is going to need his offense, not just his defense. I'm going to first off address like the, I think he hit a ceiling part that your friend made. And I'm going to like do it like with the social media reference, you know, the start bench cut thing, right? That's so popular. And who are like the three guys or the two other guys that OG is like so synonymous with in the NBA? Right now? Yeah. I mean, at times people were comparing him to like Hawaii. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Never mind. Yeah. Like, so I'll, my, I'll go with your comparisons here. Yeah. Um, my point is like when you hear OG, like the group of guys that typically get bunched with them are himself, Andrew Wiggins, and Mikel Bridges, right? Like, and I feel like a guy, Mikel Bridges, I feel like has hit his ceiling. Like, I don't think Mikel's getting better, and that's fine. And I think for the Raptors, and this is a take I've had in the past on the Raptors, um, Luca, for the Raptors to take that next step as a team, they need a guy like an OG or a Scotty Barnes or a Gary Trent to like take another step because they're not the Nets who are getting KD and Kyrie healthy, plus Ben Simmons, plus all these guys back and healthy. They're not even the heat they're not uh philly that i think got better they're not boston who got you know hypothetically better they did lose their head coach but still like they're not these team or Atlanta. even even though i think Atlanta's not good they're not these teams that in the offseason got better due to like getting injured players back or big free agency acquisitions if the raptors want to get better and take the next step they're going to need like an og to to take off um so I mean, long story short, I hope so. And I, I, that's probably like a cop-out answer, Luca. But like like you said, man, I think defensively the stuff is still there. And that's why he gets, you know, looped into a bag uh, with 
Mikel and Andrew, but like, I don't think you can say he's Andrew even right now. Cause Andrew, and this is my biggest criticism of, of OG Luke. I'm curious what you think. I feel like OG's biggest weakness is like, if the shot clock's winding, there's like 10 seconds left on shot clock and the ball gets swung to OG and he has to go create for himself, let alone others. It's shaky, but if the offense creates for him. I think he's great where yeah. I think Andrew 10 seconds left, give him the ball in the post, let him go to work. Right. What, yeah. what do, you, do you agree with that? No, I think that's fair. And I think that's the thing that a lot of Raptors fans were hoping for OG for him to become that. And I mean, once upon a time ago, I'm talking like early days here. Yeah. Like a lot of Raptors fans, myself included, saw shades of a Kawhi like defensively. And then there was always that hope. Okay. Can he become a late bloomer with his offense like Kawhi Leonard and really take that next step? And I'm not ready to say he's hit his ceiling, but this is going to be a big year because, you know, he's, he's not getting any younger. Um, how old is he now? I, I want to say like 24. I'm playing up his age right now. 25. He's 25 now. So yeah, he's 25. You're about to hit your, your prime years in the NBA. Like this is when he needs to put it together and really show us what he can do offensively. And he's looked great at times being able to hit that three. Like you said, Sean, if the Raptors are able to create for him, he is able to you know hit the open shot and that three ball is falling but can he do more of that consistently and also create a shot going into the season i think that's going to be key because you bring up a good point a lot of other teams they got better whether it's by you know acquiring a star player whereas the raptors they're going to get better with their internal growth with guys like og um you know precious scotty taking the next step so gary there's so many guys that could get better on this team and yeah i'm curious to see how og is gonna piece it together and i hope that number one he can stay healthy and number two we can see a consistent body of work with his offense because i i think it is there i'm not ready to give up on og i've been a big fan of his ever since the raptors drafted him and Mm -hmm. i think this is going to be a very very important year for him and uh remember i mean like there was a lot of buzz this offseason surrounding og and his future and all that and i know you know that would turned out to be just rumors but you better believe if og has a lackluster season there's going to be a lot of that probably resurfacing to the forefront when it comes to potential trades down the line and things of that nature so i hope og can figure it out and put it together yeah and i mean you know what at worst like worst case scenario in my opinion anyway he's the same guy and the contract still looks great four years 72 mil you have him locked up for this year, next year, and then the player option. Um, and then you have Mikel Bridges, basically, right? Maybe <laughs> a little bit longer, but you have Mikel Bridges. Yeah, um, that, that contract is amazing. Like, is awesome. Like, you can't even get mad considering some of these other ludicrous contracts that have been thrown around. So, <laughs> Tobias Harris. Yeah. That's one of many. <laughs> that's one of many. Yeah. Um, Luca, what's one of your other big takeaways from this preseason? Uh, I want to talk about Siakam. I know I've given him a lot of criticisms over the years, but Siakam has actually been a really big bright spot on this Raptors team for the preseason. I'm talking, I mean, it's looked like Siakam has, uh, uh, you know, has been consistently the most dominant player on the floor, even if it's in limited playing time, case in point, Mm -hmm. the preseason, look at some of the stat lines, 13 and six against the Celtics, 19 and eight against the Bulls, 18 and six against the Rockets. 
And I think this is important because when the season starts, Siakam being the best player on this team needs to come out as sharp as possible. If everybody around him has slow starts, but Siakam is that guy who can come out of the gate playing his best basketball and routinely can put up stat lines like this even better. I think that's really going to give this Raptors team a big boost. And this is going to be a big season for Siakam coming off of all NBA making a claim that he wants to be the top a top five player in the NBA. We reacted to that in a couple of shows ago. Can he get back to that all-star form? Can he get back to making an all-star team? Can he get back to the play that he was playing last season to end the season, going into that Sixers series and even during that series? Can that translate to Siakam having a really good start to the season? So I look to Siakam being that guy to really shoulder the load for the Raptors as they go through that gauntlet that we talked about and have a really good start to the year. Yeah, absolutely. And um, look, like you mentioned, Luca, this is another really big year uh, for Pascal where he's, I believe, extension eligible this offseason, right? Because he'll be entering his last year on his deal, on his second contract, his rookie designated designation uh, extension, wherever the wording is of that. Um, This is a big year for him. You know, you play at a another all NBA level. Granted, I think it's gonna be tougher this year because you're getting a lot of you know high level players back healthy. But like, there wasn't a question. Pascal Siakam was one of the in I, I think the all NBA process and their voting is kind of stupid, but like or silly rather. But he was one of the premier players last season. He was a big reason why the Raptors were so good. And Luke, we talked about this in the last episode. Like, is it possible that he could actually get better? And so far, like, it maybe it's more of a consistency thing, like just being able to do and like act like you're the best player on the floor night in, night out. And so far, he's, he's been phenomenal. And like you mentioned, if the Raptors are really going to be shooting this poorly, you need Pascal to be like, uh, part of my French, F that, right? Yeah. I'm the best player on the court. I'm just going to go get a, get a bucket when we need it. Yeah. Right. Um, so, yeah, it's awesome that Pascal's playing this well so far, and hopefully this is the one thing that actually does translate to the regular season. Yeah, he's been their most dominant player on the floor, and he's uh, effortlessly put some of these stat lines up. So I, I've been very uh, impressed with Siakam's attitude and just his overall effort during the preseason. You definitely can tell that uh, he's going to be a different guy when this season rolls around. Another thing I want to talk about, Scotty Barnes at point guard. I want to get your reaction to what you've seen from Scotty Barnes at point guard uh, at that, you know, he's going to be sharing that responsibility with Fred as that backup point guard, have that role. And can he look more confident? How is he going to fare in that new role going into the season? I mean, you look at the preseason, uh, he's, you know, he was able to nail a couple of shots. He did look confident out there Uh, was, I guess, we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, 
the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. From like the Raptors fans perspective, it was a, kind of a, a lackluster performance. People were kind of wondering, oh, what's going on? Scotty Barnes not playing as well as we thought. Uh, you know, do we hype him up? too much out of the gate, this and that. But then this was actually really good, which addressed part of the reason why Scotty is off to a bit of a slow start. And this is what Nick Nurse had to say. And I quote, listen, Scotty's playing a little bit of catch up here and it's noticeable. Uh, Nurse said this after Tuesday's practice. I don't think he has shown a whole lot here in the preseason. I mean, he was held out of the last three weeks leading into training camp. So that affected his conditioning. So I felt a lot better seeing what I saw from Barnes after hearing that quote from Nick Nurse, because a lot of people are wondering what's going on, going on with Scotty. He doesn't look like his old self out there struggling, struggling a little bit, but obviously he needs to get back into the groove of things. So uh, yeah, it's going to be a big season for Scotty Barnes, obviously talk of the town here in Toronto. So I just want to ask you like, what's your reaction been to Scotty Barnes at that point guard uh, role? And, and do you think he's going to flourish going into the season? Yeah, and I, I think, Luca, that's a big reason. I mean, and this was something we've talked about in the past as well. Like, hey, you need to give Fred some help. Let's go yeah. get another guard. I think I tossed out Lou Williams out of all people last episode. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a hilarious reaction on your part. Um, but if this is like the thinking, then okay. And this is something that we've talked about as well in the past, like, one of the bigger ways you can, you know, make this offense in the half court, which really struggled at times last season, Luca. One of the biggest ways you can improve that is like just put the ball in Scotty Barnes's hands more often. And I'm trying to pull up some uh, some stats here, but la- last season when the Raptors basically when the ball is in Scotty Barnes's hands, they were a lot better team, or at least offensively. Like the ball was flowing, especially him in, in pick and roll situations. Him as a pick and roll ball handler. Last season, uh, where is it? Here we are. Last season, with him as a pick and roll ball handler, the Raptors, he scored at like a 1.123 points per possession, which is elite. That's ranks in the 94th percentile with him as a scorer out of the pick and roll. Um, and then even as a passer as well, I think he's an underrated passer. So, you know, you can do, by the way, his uh, assist to turnover ratio in the half court was uh, 1.95. And his points per possession uh, to, I mean, sorry, 1.24. So, Scotty basically, what I'm saying is put the ball in Scotty Barnes's hands, good things happen for you. And so, yeah, I like it. And yeah, it makes total sense. Like, he had, I would you say, three weeks there, Luca, prior to, to camp. Like, I'm sure he got in some conditioning shape during training camp, but like, it's not, it's different. You have to get in your game conditioning as well. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I mean, it makes total sense. And Raptor fans, I wouldn't get too concerned yet. Yeah, I mean, in the short uh, time that we've seen him in the preseason, this new upgraded Scotty Barnes, he looks a lot more comfortable offensively. You could already tell that. And I think that's a good point of putting the ball in his hands. And I want to see him get those opportunities more this season, talking about Scotty being a little bit more aggressive, 
creating more of his uh, offense. And uh, yeah, I think uh, that makes a whole ton of sense coming from Nick Nurse as to why Scotty has not been up to his conditioning. And you know how it is, Sean. I mean, fans react, us included, to everything that we see. Like, you know, you, you could be watching a Lakers game, a Raptors game, you see something that's off, start wondering what's going on. And I know that was some of the talk coming out uh, from Raptors fans of like, what's going on with Scotty? Like, he, he's, he's, you know, slow start here. Um, so yeah, I, I agree with you. I don't think it's anything to uh, panic, to be concerned about. I think Scotty Barnes, once that conditioning gets back to hundred percent, we're going to see the player who we thought we we're going to see. And that is a guy who I think is going to take that next step is going to take a leap and is going to be uh, a very good player for the Raptors this season. So I'm excited to see Scotty Barnes in this uh, role and uh, I think he will flourish and, uh, yeah. That's going to lead me, I guess, to my last thing that I want to mention here um, of kind of like the takeaways from the preseason games. I know we're not officially wrapped up with the preseason, but uh, losing big leads. And I hope they don't lose another one in their final preseason game against the Celtics. But we've seen the Raptors in their last couple of contests blow these big leads, ultimately lose the game. And this brings me back to some moments experienced last season where the Raptors did have leads. They did go on to blow those leads and lost games that they should have won. I'll start here by saying, am I concerned? Not really, because I think the biggest thing, biggest difference going into this season from last season is the fact that the Raptors are going to have more depth. I think they are going to have a much more competent bench than a season ago. And that's going to be huge because now all of a sudden you don't need your starters to log so many minutes. I mean, the Raptors starters were logging some of the most minutes in the NBA. So that alleviates a lot of the pressure off them. So uh, yeah, I'm not concerned about them losing the big leads. I'm not ready to hit the panic button in that regard. I think with the Raptors being as deep as they are, they'll do a lot better with that. So uh, yeah, better now than later. Yeah. And then like losing leads in the preseason, a lot of times the leads you're losing are not with guys that are going to be playing big rotation minutes, right? So, like, That's even true. then, it's like, if, if this was 10 games into the regular season when you're playing your your big money minute guys and you're blowing 15-point leads and you're losing, like, three games out of 10 um, because, like, we're blowing leads. Okay, yeah. then, you know, you can maybe start to press that yellow panic button. You're not going full red yet because it's only 10 games. But, like, I'm still on green, um, you know, because, like you mentioned, like, you're a little bit deeper this year. And then, like like I just said as well, these are guys that aren't going to be playing in the ro- in the regular season rotation more than likely. Like, Scotty's going to be playing more. You're, well, the big five, basically, your starting lineup. They're going to be playing a ton more minutes. And I think you got a team that, while young, I think they have some quality experience. Like, outside of Scotty, OG's played in – relatively deep into a playoff series before he had or like big money minutes he played in that boston series in the bubble where he had that incredible game three buzzer beater you know freddie and and pascal those guys are big parts of of a championship um and then like you have other guys too like scott scotty barnsell has postseason experience gary has a couple of series under his belt um so yeah I, i think like while this is still a young team i think they have some experience and some continuity together now so again i'm not concerned at all about the leads being blown yet yeah 
that's those are fair points made. Uh, another last thing here I want to mention. I said it was going to be my last thing, the last point, but I do want to say this: Josh Jackson. I've been high on him for a very long time, and he's actually impressed me this preseason, averaging 13.3 yeah. points per game through the four games, and that performance that he had against the Celtics, orchestrating that comeback with the second unit, hell, even some third unit guys, I think it's been uh, really good to see Josh Jackson looking comfortable out there, and I, I'm pulling for him, Sean. I would love to see Josh Jackson get a spot on this team when it's all said and done. I mean, the competition has been fierce. Let me just say that. There have been so many standout performers who are going to ultimately be battling for some final spots here on this Raptors roster. But hell, man, all these guys have made a good case as to why you should give them a shot. Josh Jackson being one of them. Yeah. So the Raptors show up, Luca. This is kind of improv here. But what is the one thing, the one thing that we've kind of talked about, good or bad, that, well, more so bad, I guess, that concerns you the most and you're more worried about that you don't know if it's going to be able to be fixed, if that makes sense. That's really terrible wording on my part. But. <laughs> no, I understand what you mean. Uh, I, I would say the three-point shooting, honestly. I, I would say the, I, I know it's the easy cop-out, but that really is my big concern. Yeah. You could take everything we talked about. A lot of those things, a lot of those concerns are just going to be had in the preseason. Regular season starts. Scotty's going to be balling. OG's going to be balling. We're going to forget about what we said about their struggles here in the preseason, uh, the leads and all that stuff. The one thing, though, that I can honestly see linger, and I hope I'm wrong, is the poor perimeter shooting because this has been an issue for this Raptors team. And we saw it on their way out against the Philadelphia 76ers. I remember mm -hmm. that game like it was yesterday, game six, when it looked like the Raptors were on the doorstep of bringing the Sixers to a seventh game oh. after being down 0-3. They had one of the worst shooting games ever. And the Raptors fans, I was there at Jurassic Park. We had to witness that. And it's not even like we, we put up a, a, a good valiant fight. It was just like one of those things where we just shot ourselves out of that game. So you look at the small sample size in the preseason, you look at the track record from last season, I really hope the Raptors can rectify that because we know, Sean, you can't hit the three ball in the NBA. You're not going to win a lot of games. You're going to find yourself in big holes very soon. The Raptors got to collectively hit their three ball, and you know they're going to get opportunities to do just that. And they got guys who love and live on the three ball, Fred Van Vliet, uh, being one of the main guys with that. So, uh, yeah, I really hope they can get it together. And I really hope, again, the, uh, you know, Otto Porter Jr. coming into the mix is going to help this team. And uh, they figure it out. They turn it around just after the regular season. Yeah, man. I think I'm in agree agreeance with you. Um, again, maybe it's the easy cop-out answer. But, like... At best case scenario, this is probably like a middle of the pack three point shooting team. And even then, I'm probably saying go grab a specialist at the deadline, right? Yeah. So if you're shooting like this, you're easily the worst three point shooting team in, in the NBA. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm in agreement with you, bro. Uh they they gotta tie up and, and shoot better from behind the arc. But yeah, because like the other the other uh I guess concerns you would have, like I said before you know, size, their depth, their, their bench, but they've gotten better in those areas. Whereas yeah, three point shooting 
there hasn't been a whole lot in this preseason to tell us that they have gotten better with that. So, yeah. All righty, guys. Well, thank you, Luca, for joining me as always. Make sure you guys subscribe right here to the Raptor Station YouTube channel. Ring that post notification bell as well. Make sure you guys go over to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to your podcast. Give us a five-star rating and review is the easiest way to help out the pod. Thank you all so much for listening. Until next time, guys. See ya and stay safe. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.